Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights from our wonderful guests on the show. We've got a wonderful show and a wonderful guest for you today. You know, I'm a Yankee. I grew up in northern New Jersey, spent many years living in New York City and kind of hanging out at the Jersey Shore, so you can call me a Yankee through and through. And my special guest today, she's a talented actor, dancer, author, screenwriter, but most importantly, she's a Southern woman. Her name is Julia Fowler. She created the, uh, the popular YouTube series, Southern Woman Channel, and also she is the author of a couple of books about being Southern, and the first is called Talk Southern to Me, and the new one is Embrace Your Southern Sugar. She's a wonderful person. She's a great guest. I learned so much about the South, everything from how to say hello to how to say goodbye, and I mean goodbye meaning when somebody leaves this world, to the weather, the food, the style, and even dating a Southern woman. So I think you're really going to have a lot of fun listening to our conversation. I learned a lot as a guy's guy from New York City, and I'm sure everybody out there will pick up a couple of pointers about what it's like to be a Southern woman and what it's like to relate and really get along with a Southern woman because they're really special people and uh, really cool. And Julia is wonderful, and I think we're all going to have a lot of fun with it. So that's our show for today. Uh, Real quickly, what's going on? Well, we've got our kind of COVID Christmas coming up. Happy holidays to everybody, whatever you're celebrating. And we're right around Christmas time, so I say Merry Christmas. And um, it's uh, snowed back east, and apparently uh, the snow is still on the ground, so it looks like they may have a white Christmas there. And, you know, having grown up in New Jersey, in the suburbs there, and seeing all the snow on, on the ground and shoveling and doing that kind of stuff, it's much different than when you live in New York City and the snow is like, you know, it turns to slush and gets black-looking snow very quickly. Out in the suburbs, it kind of piles up, and at night you see the Christmas lights and the trees lit up, and it, there's this quietude with the snow covering everything. It's kind of the noise goes down, and it's really, it's really a beautiful time of year back east. Here in Southern California, it's a little bit different. We have some of the, uh, you know, the lights and all that stuff that's very well done, but the vibe's a little bit different, but I'm getting used to it. And I have no complaints because the weather here is just wonderful year-round. I was in the elevator the other day talking to somebody, and, you know, people here, they talk to each other in the elevator, and I was mentioning that, hey, you know, I don't remember the last time it rained. What was it, like March or something? And it does rain here, but the person looked at me and said, it doesn't rain here, <laughs> meaning like nobody even thinks about it because the weather's so great here. So anyhow, wherever you are, I hope you're doing your best to get through this holiday season. Things are going to get better. I know it's been very challenging 2020, but 2021's right around the corner. The age of Aquarius is upon us. Things aren't going to change snap overnight, but if we get together, things will slowly but surely evolve in a very positive way. So God bless you all and uh, looking forward to a great 2021 and beyond. So let's get on with our show. My very special guest, Southern woman, Julia Fowler. It's Guy's Guy Radio. 
Guys Guys Radio. We've got a really special guest. We're going to talk about all things Southern and in particular Southern women. And, you know, it's Guys Guys Radio and it's not all about men and it's not all about guys and it's not all about masculinity. But as we all know, men need help. And a lot of times men can get stuck and I can get stuck myself. But I have so many friends who are particularly the boomers. They just do the same thing over and over again and they don't uh, expose themselves to new ideas and new modalities and new ways to help themselves. So I thought our show today would be great for the ladies, but also for guys too, to really hear about what Southern women are all about. So I've got the expert, the modern expert. Her name is Julia Fowler. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, she was born in Gaffney, South Carolina, graduated Phi Beta Kappa from the University of South Carolina, BA in theater and dance, proud Chai Omega sister, She's an actor and author, screenwriter, and she created the Southern Women YouTube channel, which is a huge success, and she's been all over the place media-wise, Today Show, CMT. She's currently a writer on the new Netflix comedy that's in production now, Country Comfort, which makes perfect sense. Her first book, Talk Southern to Me, uh, was released two years ago, and it's been a smash success. Dolly Parton calls it fun, informative, and oh-so-Southern. And she's also a Broadway dancer and actress, and she's been in uh, Annie Get Your Gun, also Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. She's been all over TV, Modern Family, The Closer, Vegas, Up All Night, Ugly Betty, Hollis and Ray, Jake in Progress, The Man Show, and all other stuff having to do with Hollywood and TV. So she's a real pro, and uh, she's from South Carolina, and she's a Southern woman, and I'm a New York City, New Jersey guy's guy, so it's going to be a fun conversation. Welcome to the show, Julia Fowler. Well, darling, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I guess after reading your book and looking at the uh, the channel um, and having my wife uh, share in the experience, what is it about Southern women that makes them so irresistible? <laughs> well, isn't that the million dollar question? <laughs> um, you know, I'm not sure it's one thing. But I think it's a combination of things. Um, and I ultimately think it's about charm. And, you know, we all hear of the Southern charm. What is this mysterious Southern charm? And I think that Southern charm really is distilled um, down to sort of one thing. And I, I really think that we're raised this way. And so it becomes second nature. Um, to us as women and to men, for that matter. The Southern men are very charming themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think it has to do with what I think the definition of true charm is, is making others feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. oh, and wonderful. that's really, I think, what when people go, oh, I just love that Southern hospitality. You know, I want to go to the South. I, you know, I love, that's really what they're feeling, what they're experiencing is the culture's charm. And, you know, Southerners do that in a myriad of ways, whether that you come to my house, I'm gonna cook you a home cooked meal. You know, I'm not just gonna order out and yeah, well, I might if I'm, it's last minute, if you rolled in my house last minute, I might, I might put something in a, in a silver platter and pretend I cooked it, you know, but it's about taking, making the extra effort, sending, you know, thinking of you, sending you a card, uh, always thinking of other people, knowing that somebody's sick, knowing that your neighbor's sick, um, just being aware. 
uh, of the community around you and the people around you and and knowing how to make people feel comfortable. I mean, how many times I know I have, especially here in California, because I live in Los Los Angeles now, but how many times have you like been invited to a party? Okay, we're at holiday season now, right? So nobody's going to a party now, but you've been invited to a party, right? You go to the party, you don't really know anybody, and you kind of feel awkward standing around. That doesn't happen in the South, because the minute you walk into somebody's house in the South, it, you, you may not know everybody there, but everybody will go out of their way to meet you. Well, who are you? Now, where are you from? And who are your people? And how do you know her? And da 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 da, da. You, you won't be a wallflower. People want to know. People want to ask you questions. They want to make you feel seen. And I feel like that's the biggest um, sort of secret to Southern charm. Um, and I think that's what makes Southerners in general so special. Great answer. And you, I had about three other questions. You answered them all right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But OK, the new book is called Embrace Your Southern Sugar. And um, I'm wondering, um, you know, this is a time there's a lot of unrest and there's a need to real need to heal. And the book is so positive and blue sky and optimistic and about how to get along and family values um, and all the way down to the rituals. Oh, do you was that part of your thinking when you were creating this book or was it more of just a, a, an expression of, you know, this has been my life and this is what I'm putting out there about who I am and who the people I grew up with are all about and why it's so important to be a Southern woman and have those traits and values? Well, you know, interesting question. I don't think when I set out to write the book, I necessarily was like, oh, I need to write something real positive because it's going to be a worldwide pandemic and everybody's going to be depressed. I didn't know that was going to happen, you know, when I, <laughs> when I agreed to write the book. Um, so I'm not sure that I necessarily um, aimed to do something specifically positive. However, I think that my messaging and everything that I've done, whether it's a screenwriter or writing my YouTube videos or, you know, writing my two books, I think that everything I do is in service of my love of the South. So everything sort of comes out of me as a love letter to the South, even if, you know, I'm making fun of Southerners a little bit, especially in my videos, I'm doing that from the perspective of being a Southerner. So never do I want my comedy or my, my essays or my blogs or podcasts or anything that I do to come out as condescending towards Southerners. So I think that that is more of my um, sort of mojo when it comes to approaching my creative material is what can I do that really services the authenticity of Southerners and entertains both Southerners and those that are not from the South um, and does it in a positive light. Um, so yeah, I think that I wrote my truth about the South and um, if it comes across as pie in the sky positive, then then maybe that is just a, a reflection of my optimism and my love of the South. It's wonderful. Um, the obvious question is uh, on your journey. You know, you came from South Carolina, you came up to New York City, which is a, a lot of cultural <laughs> shock there, I'm sure. And then from New York City to LA, which is another cultural shock. Having grown up in the New York tri-state area, I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Jersey, lived in the city for a couple of decades and kind of experienced it all. And I know how people are there. I always know how I stand with somebody from the tri-state area. Right. I, I've worked with people from the South and I actually dated somebody from South Carolina, uh, from Columbia. And uh, 
Yeah, that's where my stomach grounds. That's where I went to college. She used to say, Bob, you got to get some of them boiled peanuts. <laughs> you got to have boiled peanuts. Yeah. That's so funny. I was just talking to my um, to my swarthy sister. Her name's Amy Timmons. Um, I was just talking to her, and she lives in Charleston. I was just talking to her yesterday on FaceTime, and I was like, well, what are you doing? What are you cooking? And she turned the phone. She goes, I'm boiling peanuts. And she, <laughs> that's exactly what she was doing, honey. She boils peanuts. And that's it's awesome. a southern delicacy, boiling mm, peanuts. That's amazing. Kind of what I was getting at is that, you know, wh- wherever you come from, you kind of have a better vibe for where people are all about. And when you're in New York, you deal with people from everywhere. Yes. So I, I, I'm, I was wondering, you know, when I, I had people I worked with and I dated somebody from the South, I was always wondering, like, w- am I getting the message? Is, is it what they say, what they mean? Where in the, New York, New Jersey, people don't say a lot or they're very fast and they're always in yeah. a hurry. And they, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, if you need directions, New Yorkers will climb all over each other to help the tourists with the directions, even though we can't stand it when the tourists get in our way. So it's a, it's kind of that uh, irony there. But what was your impression, uh, expectation of moving to New York and what was the reality like? Uh, well, here's the thing. For a Southern girl, I have a lot of love in my heart for New York City because I achieved my childhood dream in New York City. Um, and I met some of the greatest people um, who are lifelong friends um, from from New York, in New York City. And I married a man from New York City. So, I, you know, considering that I... Uh, you know, I, I spend my life uh, celebrating the South. Um, Yankees have been pretty darn good to me. <laughs> so, um, here's sort of, I would say the truth. Um, I was young when I moved to New York City, and I don't think I knew what to expect. Um, all I knew is when I was young, uh, I was in a, I studied dance at a place called Miss Marion School of Dance. And uh, Miss Marion and her daughters lived in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And they had, they were from the New York area, I think. Um, I might, I might be getting that wrong. But anyway, they, they, um, they opened a dance studio and her daughters had been Rockettes. And so from the time I was a little girl, I learned like to tap dance like a rock ad. So I wanted to move to New York City and be a dancer. And at one point we took some sort of trip up, you know, the dance studio did um, to all go and and the kids all took dance at Broadway Dance Center and saw Broadway show. I saw Annie and I was like, that's it. I'm going to be on Broadway. That's what I want to do. And um you know, I just remember my grandmama, uh, my granny Fowler, who I talk about a lot, she had to go as my chaperone because I was a very advanced dancer. So even though I was in like the fourth grade or something, I was going on this trip with high schoolers. Um, so I had to have a chaperone. Um, and my granny took me and I can remember, <laughs> I can remember what, leaving Broadway Dance Center and walking down the sidewalk right on Broadway in the leotards and tights and leg warmers. I mean, you know, this was the 80s. And uh, the police pulled me and my, you know, pulled over and, and got out of the car and, and grabbed my granny and said, you know, you have to dress this child because you're in Times Square. <laughs> and she looks like a street walker. And my granny being like, you know, total Sunday school teacher Baptist was like, what a streetwalker, you know? So very early on, I learned that New York City was not like 
the South, you know, and we still, we laughed about that story for years, but I, in my first book, Talk Southern to Me, I really talk about my first couple of months in New York City, and I do it from the perspective of trying to find an apartment, and it was one of the hardest things I have ever had to do, and I had to muster up lots of Southern skills in order to get an apartment. Um, and, you know, I encourage you to read that essay um, in Talk Southern to me, but, you know, New York was overwhelming, as you can imagine. I had never been really anywhere. I, I grew up in Gaffney, South Carolina, and then I went to University of South Carolina in Columbia. So that was the, that was the big city. And then right from there, I got a job on a cruise ship. So I went and worked as a cruise ship performer. And that was really cool because I was going through the Caribbean, uh, but I was living on a ship. You know, it wasn't like I was living in one of these, you know, islands. Right. Uh, I was living on a ship with other Americans and we were docking in Miami um, every week. And that was an exciting moment for me. And I met people there that had been on Broadway and they gave me some advice about how to go about finding a sublet how to go about auditioning for Broadway shows, you know. So I moved to New York City really green. Um, I can tell you this, when I got out of my cab and, and I had the key to a sublet, I had sublet an apartment. And I had, I got out and I had a steamer trunk, you know, like, you know, because I had been working on a ship. So I had a trunk. Right. And then I had one suitcase. And I thought, you know, that was everything I owned, you know, at, at 22 years old. And... I had got the sublet and I was so proud of myself for getting the sublet. Honey, that cab let me right out. And I stood in front of that sublet and I unlocked that door and opened the door and it was a six story walk up. <laughs> and I was like, there's no elevator. There was no elevator. I freaked out. I was like, how am I getting all this stuff up? So luckily I had a dancer friend that came over and helped me. But Every moment in New York was a learning experience for me. I talk about the winters. I talk about how difficult it was, um, you know, to sort of make friends at first, you know, in New York City, people just don't say, they just don't walk around smiling and saying, hey, to strangers. No. <laughs> in, in my new book, Embrace Your Southern Sugar, I do a whole chapter on the way Southerners, Southerners come into the world and leave the world. And one of those things I talk about is, is you know, Southerners, it's, it takes 20 minutes just to say, hey, if you're from the South, because it's like, hey, mm -hmm. how you doing? I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays. Now, how's your young and doing? Now, <laughs> now wait. Now, is, 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 he, is he in the third grade or the fourth grade now? Right. Right now, is he playing football? Who's his coach? I mean, this could go on forever. And we've never really even gotten to the point of why you're there. You know, <laughs> so it's, and, and, you know, I'd walk down the streets in New York and everybody, you know, rightfully so, is, is kind of miserable. It's cold. They're in a hurry. Everything's so expensive. Expensive. I understand the, the, the mood that people could be in New York City. And it's loud, you know, it's assaulting to the senses in every way. And I would just smile at people and people thought I was crazy. You know, hey, how you doing? I'd do it just to see who I could get to speak to. So, you know, things like that were very different. Um, uh, yeah, but like I said, you can learn lots more about um, my fish out of water experience in New York and LA in, in both of the books. 
You know, it's interesting in New York now with the advent, everybody has a headset as unfriendly as it seemed then. It's yeah. even more so now. Nobody approaches anybody because you have to say, what? Excuse, excuse me. Sorry, I'm talking. Right. <laughs> and, and you never know, like you'll go into uh, well, you go into a store and people, you know, behind the counter, they don't say hello. They don't say thank you. It's like, yeah. boop, boop, boop. but you can't take it personally. Having lived there for a really long time. My sticker shock, and I want to get to this uh, question for you, was going from New York then to Southern California because uh, we moved from Harlem a, a year ago. And uh, I was like, I get in the elevator and somebody say, how's your day going? Ha have, and then when you get out, have a great rest of your day. And I'd be like, what are these people? I'd be in my elevator in New York and I'd see the same people 10 years straight. And, you know, I would try a few times to say hello. If they didn't respond, it was just, okay, you're going to, somebody's just going to ride the elevator with you. What was it like going from New York for you to Southern California, where everybody's so friendly, but it, it is kind of on the surface? Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with your assessment. I, it's definitely different than New York, without question. But, what I found about California in general is people are a little more laid back. You know, they're generally in so, a, a little more mood. civil. Yeah. Yeah. A little more civil, a little bit more laid back. They're generally in a much better mood on a day to day basis. Cause yes. my Lord, look at the weather. You just, it's today is beautiful. And tomorrow's forecast is beautiful. Yeah. And we might, there's a 1% chance of rain, but most likely it's just going to be beautiful. Yeah. And so I understand that, you know, it, it, it's easier just to be in a better mood here. But the thing about, you know, I came to L.A. kicking and screaming. I didn't want to move to L.A. Um, my husband's a television producer, as you know, you've interviewed mm -hmm. him before, I do believe. And um, he's a TV producer, so he had an opportunity here. I was in, I was on Broadway, so he came out here first. And I was like, yeah, you got to figure that out. I'm not leaving my Broadway <laughs> show. Um, but, you know, eventually I came out to visit him and he proposed. And, you know, love makes you do crazy things. So I left my Broadway career and moved out here with him. And my one caveat was, okay, fine. If you're going to make me leave my Broadway dream and, you know, move out to La La Land with all these loony tunes, I was like, I have to leave the beach because New York City was assault into my senses. And I, 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 Southerners do not like cold. We just speak around <laughs> cold to be very, very rude. And I was like, I want to live at the beach you know, because that's going to make me feel closer to the South. I need nature. So we moved um, one block from the beach in Venice Beach. Um, and we've since moved. We now live in Marina Del Rey, uh, which is also beautiful yes. um, and lovely. Uh, Venice, Venice got a little crazy for my taste. Yep. Um, so I had to had to get out of there. But um, but. You know, I didn't really want to move to L.A., but I did really enjoy living at the beach. I'm not going to lie. That's the one thing I do love about California is just that you can you have the mountains, you have the water, you know, you, you it just it, it's just beautiful here. It is. Um, but as far as the people go. It's not that it's not that the people are necessarily unfriendly. It's just everybody's self-involved. Yeah. which is, again, the polar opposite of the South. 
nobody's self-involved in South in the South because they're too nosy. They want to know all about what you're doing. What 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 you doing? What's your kid doing? Where'd you get your dog? Why's your dog in my yard? You know, it's like they, it, 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 it's all about you. And and here, this is a culture of vanity. You know, and and listen, there's it's show business, and I get it. I'm in show business too. You know. Um, and you know, certain Southern women, we you know, we we have a certain amount of pride in our appearance, you know. Um, but we don't really. I think a lot of people think that Southern women are vain because we like to do our makeup and we like to dress up and we like to do our hair. We don't like to be seen otherwise. But really, it's not about vanity. Um, in our culture, it's more about self-respect. And it's like you know, you asked me to do this podcast today. Sure, you know, I could have just you know thrown something on and put my hair in a ponytail. I knew you would look great. Here. But no, I made an effort for you yeah, out of yeah. respect for you, Thank you because you asked me to do this. And that is how, you know, if you invite me to a party in the South, I'm going to wear the appropriate thing. I'm not going to show up inappropriate. There's nothing worse than the, in, in the South than being inappropriate. And as you know, in Southern California, on a day-to-day basis, people roll around inappropriately dressed. Yes. <laughs> like it's so, the tank top yeah. and shorts and the trucker hat, right? You see it everywhere. Well, it's just like, you know, I'm just like, I'm not even sure that that really counts as clothes. I mean, you know, some <laughs> of these people don't even wear napkins worth, worth of clothes. Know. So, you know, a lot of the, you know, just the culture of vanity has been difficult for me to absorb here. The, the culture of... Um, of um, also what I call the culture of flakiness, you know, uh, people are late, lower people are late, yeah. you know, and, and that drives me nuts. And then people flake and they consider flaking. Oh, dude, I flaked. I, I'm like, that's not an excuse. Like you left me standing. I was, I showed up for that meeting and you forgot, oh dude, I flaked, man. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't fly in the south. You know, so culturally, it is different. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, our special guest is Julia Fowler. She's actor, author, screenwriter, creator of the Southern Woman Channel. We're talking about her second book, the new one, Embrace Your Southern Sugar. I'm so delighted she's here. What What is it, Julia, about Southern women that people don't get or need to know? Wow, what a great question. Um well, we're the we're the best women in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and That's good enough. We, check, check. Check. We're check the best plus. women in the world. Um, well, I'll say this about Southern women. You know, we are determined. And um, I think that, that that's where the, the term steel magnolias um, really stems from, is that we have souls of steel. Um, we, we are just determined women. And, you know, if, whatever, if you tell me no, that only motiv- motivates me further. You know, we're going to do it come hell or high water. So, you know, once we put our minds to something. So we're very determined women. We're also very strong women. Um, yet, you know, we, 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 will, we will stand up for our families. We have uh, we we will we will fight for what we believe in. We will fight um, for our friends and for causes that we believe in. But at the same time, all of that sort of 
aggressive, aggressive sort of spirit that we have rumbling in our soul is all covered. We, we, we cover it all in a, in a cloak of femininity. And I think the femininity is what really makes us slightly different, I think, than, than my northern friends. Um, there's somewhere along the way it became um, the perception, I, I, I understand, is that it's weak to be feminine. Um, and Southern girls don't believe that. Southern women, we take pride in our femininity. We find our femininity a source of strength, not weakness. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's a real different philosophy than Southern women and Northern women. Um, you know, I, I don't think that if I curl my hair and put on lipstick and put on a, you know, killer dress and high heel shoes and go sit in a board meeting, I'm not worried that my, that, that, all the males in the room are not going to take me seriously because I look like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. I, that's not somehow that doesn't negate my ability to do my job in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe from, from a male point of view, they, as far as I'm concerned, they might underestimate me. They might think I'm all beauty and no brains. So in, in my, my philosophy is that I'm using that as a secret weapon. You know, I, I can use my femininity to break you down yeah. uh, in a way that you, that's unexpected. Um, I can use um, my kindness and my charm as a weapon um, and not not and it's not a weakness. Um, I think that those kinds of things just make us different. Mm -hmm. um, I like it when a man opens the car door for me and holds the door open for me and takes my coat and hangs it up. Not because I'm weak, not because I can't do it myself. Of course I can do it myself. But there's a certain amount of pride and power that comes from having a man tend to you and treat you like the queen that you are. You know what? That, that's a great answer. I was kind of what I took away from the book is that there is this... Uh, this uh, pillar of femininity that the Southern woman has, but it's a tool set. It's a part of the wiles, if you will. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's part of that. Cause if you look at the, or I was looking at all the archetypes that we've had in the past of Southern women, whether it be, you know, Scarlett O'Hara, who's more of a Southern belle and Blanche Dubois and the, the character from Bad and the Beautiful and Designing Women, Reba, Steel Magnolias, Heart of Dix Dixie, Barbara Mandrell, all of them there, there is a, uh, there's a femininity, but it's it's part of the tool set and it's part of the wiles of, of the Southern woman. And you look at that and then you look at, OK, the Southern California archetype of a female is a surfer girl, athletic. And then you have the kind of the New York City kind of corporate. I'll not only do your job, I'll take your job and I don't necessarily need the man. But the Southern woman with the femininity uh, embraces it. And it, it's not something that gets buried or it gets pushed aside like anti-feminism. It's about the feminine feminism through being feminine in an empowered way. Does, does that makes does that make sense? And could you elaborate on that? Yes, I think I think that you really hit the nail on the head that there is a way to be feminine and yet be empowered at the same time. Those things are not mutually exclusive in the South. Let's talk about the difference between the Southern belle and the, the country gal and, and the modern Southern woman that you're kind of an archetype for. And how, how, they, how did the, that, that all work together? Well, you know, here's the thing. There's different kinds of Southern girls, and it really has to do with how you're raised. 
you know, um, I've got girlfriends that were raised in Charleston, South Carolina, and they're just as, you know, highfalutin and, um, you know, Southern Belle, you know, that, that sort of prototype that you can imagine, you know, right. they're, they're, I call that seer sucker Southern, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they're just exactly what you expect. Um, and they're, they're true ladies. Um, and then there are those of us like me who were raised in the country and, you know, I can swirl it up, you know, I can, I can be a lady too. I can, I can show up at the Kentucky Derby and, 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 and fit in with all the other highfalutin uh, Louisville and Lexington ladies. But if I can also throw on camouflage and, and go out fishing with, with, you know, a bunch of dudes and fit in just as well. And, and really that's the thing. And I think all Southern girls have some country girl in them. It's just what degree, as I mm-hmm. mentioned before, you know, what degree of country. Um, and then, you know, Southern girls, I, th- I think the Southern girl, I mean, excuse me, I think the c- country girl is a, a real sort of combination of a Southern belle and a little bit of a redneck, Got it. just a little bit. And so mm-hmm. you never know, like, you know, you, you'll sort of play, play to whatever situation you're in, you know? Um, my husband always laughs at me because he was like, you know, you know, Southern, Southern women that, that are raised in the South, you know, they can go from Southern lady to, redneck in about 2.5 seconds flat and you know it, it and he he's like that turn it's just that turn and you know a lot of southerners will call it going red um in my in my first book um talk southern to me i talk about because i'm from gaffney and gaffney's kind of a it's it's country place it's you know it's it's rural and uh people will call, call it going gaffney like, oh, Lord, she's going to go gagging on this night, you know. And so I talk about that and some stories where, you know, my friends will go, God, Julia's going gagging. Um, but really, I talk about my favorite chapter in the new book, Embrace Your Southern Sugar, is about embrace being country. Because I do believe that if you grow up in the South, you've got a little bit of country in you, no matter who you are. Um, and... I talk about, you know, what that means, what that means to embrace your country and, and to own that and to not be ashamed of that. And I kind of explain, you know, why country music is beloved um, and, and why people love it. It's, it's, we're celebrating a lifestyle. We're celebrating uh, family and tradition and, um, and, you know, an outdoor kind of lifestyle. Um, I think that, that, it's easy it's it's easy just to sort of paint southerners as as black and white but we're we're not we're really a we're really a a nice combination of of sort of all the different stock southern characters that you see um i think the best example of a southern lady who's clearly a country gal is dolly parton yep you know there's a person who really embraces her southern and she really embraces her country heritage. And, you know, like Dolly has very humble background. Um, I was more fortunate in my growing up than Dolly, but I was, you know, I had hardworking parents. My mama was a, a public school teacher. My daddy worked in a manufacturing plant. And, and you know, we didn't have a ton of things. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth, but I'm very proud of the way I was raised. I, I'm proud 
um, of my country background, um, much in the same way that I think Dolly is. I think that it um, really created the, the person that I am. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the whole wide world. Great. Our special guest, Julia Fowler, her new book is Embrace Your Southern Sugar. We're talking about all things Southern women. Um, the new book, um, you've got some interesting chapters. I highlighted some of them. You got about the, a lot about the weather, football, food. And to me, these are three areas that translate across cultures and how people kind of get along around the world. Sports, um, food, and the weather everybody can relate to. So what is, uh, what is the kind of quintessential Southern perspective on food and cooking? What does food mean there that it may not mean in other places? Because, you know, people talk about, um, I'm Italian. Oh, you know, everything's about food and all that. But it is, but it, it isn't. But, you know, we have our food. Yet when I was reading, uh, and my wife's Korean, it's the same thing. It's food right. all the time. And she said, oh, do you like, actually, she said, do you like pecan pie? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Why? I'm, I'm just asking. And then I went back and I got to the book. She was ahead of me. And oh. you have your grandmother's recipe. Yes. My birthday's coming up. She says, you want me to make you a pecan pie for your oh, birthday? Yes. Say yes. Yes. I'm going <laughs> to. I saw your granny's recipe. But what is it about Southern food with the casseroles and the, uh, the boiled peanuts and all the different little intricacies that Southern food makes it different than anybody else's food and, and is such a uh, celebration of the culture? Well, I think that when people think of the South, they immediately think of Southern food. I, I think it's just, you know, the, the two are, are completely, um, uh, you know, glued together as, as, as concepts, I think. Um, but, you know, Southerners, we, I think most cultures um, share this fact that, that you know, our holidays all involve food. I think a lot of religions, religious um, uh, holidays as well, enjoy, you know, in different cultures involve food. So I think that that is a, a cross-cultural thing, um, that food represents family. Uh, I think that's magnified in the South. Um, first of all, the South is your very first farm-to-table culture. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get all these fancy farm to table restaurants in New York and LA now, and it just cracks me up. I'm like, so basically you're just cooking like my grandmother did when I grew up, you know, it's, you know, in the South, people have farms, people grow their food. Many times people, when I was growing up and I know when my grandmother was coming up in the world, you know, people grew their food out of necessity. Um, and, and so it was just an agricultural society. Um, and, and I think that cooking and preparing meals, um, you know, was, was part of showing love. Um, you know, this, it's how we express our love in the South is, is through food. Um, so, you know, it, it's crazy in California and in New York. I, I, I can't, you know, you run across people, they turn down food. You know, would you like such and such? No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, that is so rude in the South. You do not turn down food. If you turn down food, we are suspicious of you. You know, what kind of person doesn't want to take at least one bite? And how rude. I spent the whole day <laughs> making it. You know what I mean? So it, it, food is how we express love. And, um, you know, we have all these iconic recipes. I mean, everybody knows the, the, you know, all the crazy foods of the South. 
And it also depends on where you are. I mean, you know, uh, Texas has a different way of doing red-eye gravy than Tennessee has a way of doing their red-eye gravy. Um, you know, casseroles are part of the culture. From the time you're a little girl, you, you learn to have to stand beside your mom in the kitchen and help her make those casseroles. Um, you know, we, we all, we, we keep what I keep, and, and I know most Southern women, we keep what we call a disaster roll in the freezer. So you make a casserole, you keep it in the freezer in case somebody dies. Because if somebody dies, you're gonna have to take food. Um, and, you know, because again, that's how you're showing your love. So you want to be prepared at all times. Um, for me, I think my, my, my greatest association with Southern food is, is, is family. You know, I, because I had to leave the South for show business and I lived in New York for so long and now I've lived in Los Angeles for so long, I can't always get home. So I eat home. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, Different Southern foods remind me of specific Southern family members or specific Southern memories. Um, so sometimes, you know, I think that's why people call Southern food comfort food mm -hmm. in many ways, um, because it is comforting. It's comforting to our souls. And we want it to comfort you, which is why we're always trying to feed you. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Well, let's take that to the next step, which is really when you talk about kind of health, fitness, and wellness in the South, there's some contradictions there because there's a lot of delicious tasting food, a lot of uh, fried foods, um, and yet there's um, folk medicine. And <laughs> the folk medicine is really, so on one hand, you have things that are considered unhealthy, even though they are indulgent and they taste great. And then you have got a sedentary lifestyle in some aspects because it gets so hot and humid at certain times yeah. during the year, particularly if you're inland. I remember being in Georgia in August. I was like, what? How could anybody live here? Yes, um, yes. Well, and that's what we think about the winters in New York. Right. What? right. How could anybody endure this? <laughs> you know, it's interesting, too, because like the sun and the, 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 the summer in New York is to me hotter than the summer in Southern California because the sun seems like it really pierces you and there's humidity. But anyhow, separate subject but I guess what I was getting at is that there is the folk medicine which is really uh, homopathic you know cures to things that is old school and as we know a lot of the uh, alternative medicines are really the old school stuff and you have that in the south also so it's a really interesting complex contradictory culture could you uh, just elaborate on that a little bit Julia I think the biggest problem with southerners is that you know we we have a moderation issue um, it's hard for us to eat things in moderation. Um, and, you know, we don't have as much opportunity to move. We don't have public transportation as much, that kind of thing. Um, but it was important for me to write this chapter because I feel like that I have worked really hard to maintain my health despite my Southern palate. <laughs> and um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I've been teaching fitness for almost 20 years. I'm a certified Pilates instructor, apparatus mm -hmm. Pilates instructor. So I have dealt with all different kinds of people with all different kinds of health issues and all different kinds of problems. And the one thing that I found is that what I think happens to people is they get in this awful cycle. Like, um, you know, you put on weight and then your back starts hurting. And then you say, well, the doctor says I need to exercise, but I can't exercise because it hurts my back. Right. 
And then before you know it, you put on more weight and then your back hurts more. And so you're in this cycle where now you're depressed that your back hurts and you can't do anything about it because doing something about it makes your back hurt more. So what makes you feel good? Eating pecan pie, mm -hmm. you know, or a good old seven layer coconut cake, you know, that makes you feel better. So, you know, it, it, I think a lot of what happens to people physically snowballs. is that it snowballs. Exactly. So, you know, there are, I health happens to be a passion of mine, which is why I wanted to explore that. And yeah, it saddens me to know that, you know, we get we get a poor health bill in the South. Um, and it is really a combination of those things. Our, our food is rich. Um, our lifestyle is sedentary. And, um, you know, a lot of times you, we're talking about medicine. I think a lot of times with medicine, You've got a lot of rural neighborhoods. Um, there's not a lot of access to health care. Um, we have a lot of people living in poverty in the South, um, and they don't have access to good health care. Um, and I think that those issues really are historical issues as well. And it's why we have so much uh, so many Southern remedies, so many sort of home remedies, you know, they're back in the day, you know, not everybody could afford to go to a doctor. Maybe the doctor was a long way away. Maybe it was difficult to get to a doctor. So these sort of home remedies, you know, became a, a sort of necessary branch of medicine. Running tight on time, but I'd be failing my brand if I didn't ask you. <laughs> What are a couple of tips that guys need to know about dating a Southern woman? Oh, well, that's a good subject because, you know, I've had to train my Yankee husband <laughs> from the get-go. Um, many things. First of all, if you, Southern women need to be treated like queens. So if you are, don't, if, if you're meeting a Southern woman on an app, okay, she's not going to text with you for a month. It's not gonna happen and if she does I, she she needs she she needs she she needs somebody jerking knot in her tail because she's not been able <laughs> to do that but what we want is 100 effort on your part okay you, you and we want politeness okay we want to be treated like queens so i want you to pick up the telephone and call me and ask me out on a date I'm not interested in just coming over to your house and Hanging you're not out, just right? coming over to my house. That's very presumptuous, right? So you're going to take me on a proper date um, and you're going to open the car door for me and you're going to close the car door for me and you're going to open the doors and you're going to pull out the chair. You're going to be a perfect gentleman. Um, you know, I've had to work on that with my husband. I, you know, for for a long time, he didn't understand the car door situation. <laughs> um, and he That's was easy. good with the regular door situation, but not as with the car door, the car door situation. <laughs> um, and, you know, my husband also uh, grew up in New York City. His parents were in show business, so he grew up going to fine, fine dining restaurants. Um, unlike me, who was, you know, at Bojangles and Shoney's big boy. <laughs> You know, um, my, I like something I like and Southern women in general like this. I like a man that takes charge in a meal, you know, know the wine list. If you drink, uh, ask me what I'd like for dinner and order it for me. 
it's it's gentlemanly um it's impressive it lets me know that if i'm i don't know if things go wrong in life i'm going to be able to count on you to take care of me in some way and i you know we kind of like that we, we like we like that little sort of secret sense of security um southern women are fiercely fiercely um you know loyal to their families so if you're going to date a Southern woman, you better start figuring out right here now how to get her mom and daddy to like you. Um, because if you don't, um, it does not matter how much she loves you, you will never, ever, ever end up married to her. And if you are married to her, you will not have a peaceful existence if her mom and daddy do not like you. Um, and more likely than not, she's not going to marry you if her parents don't like you. Um, and the other thing you gotta know about dating a Southern woman is you'll never compare to their daddy. No matter what you do, you will not compare to their daddy. So, no, you know, you could, you could, my husband could come in here right now and build me a brand new chest of drawers, you know, and he'll be like, this is the perfect <laughs> chest of drawers that you've been wanting for this perfect area of the bedroom that you couldn't find the right thing. And I built him for you. If he gave me that for Christmas, guarantee you that I'd go, well, you know, daddy would have used walnut instead of cherry. Or why, why did you use these knobs instead of those knobs? Or did you ask daddy, um, you know, uh, how, how to varnish it? What kind of finish to put on it? Oh, you use that varnish? Mm, that's not what daddy would have done. You know, and, and so you've got to learn that you have to learn to come, you know, you have to, you know, Sam, when he asked me anything, oh, we're going to buy a new grill. Don't buy a grill till you call my daddy. <laughs> you call my daddy and you ask him exactly which one to buy and then do exactly as he says. <laughs> so you have to kind of like, you have to embrace a Southern woman's parents. You also have to embrace all their eccentric cousins and, and, and you know, aunts and uncles and that sort of thing. And that can be sometimes uh, challenging, but it must be done. It must be done if you want a happy life with a Southern woman. Perfect. Okay, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, the amazing and effervescence and so much fun, uh, Julia Fowler. The name of the new book is Embrace Your Southern Sugar. Thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Where can people find out more about you, the Southern Channel, the YouTube, the book, etc.? Yes. Um, well, my books are available everywhere, um, Amazon and Walmart.com. And, but they're also available at lots of Southern boutiques and Southern independent bookstores. So I do encourage you to shop local. Um, ask your local bookseller if they're carrying my books. Um, as far as my videos, you can learn all about me um, at southernwomenchannel.com. You can learn about my YouTube channel and all of the women, all the Southern women and uh, that are in my YouTube videos, um, my YouTube channel, Southern Women Channel. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter um, at Southern Women Channel. All right. Well, thank you so much, Julia Fowler. You're a guy's guy, if you, whether you know it or not. I love it. I love it. I'll take that as a compliment. And you're it my, is. you're, you, uh, you, you're a pretty darn nice guy you sell for you. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm wondering, is was there something in there that I should know about what she just said? But I don't think so. <laughs> Bless your heart, you downright sweet for a Yankee. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, honey. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, what a terrific conversation with a truly talented and lovely Southern woman, Julia Fowler. Actor, dancer, screenwriter, creator of the Southern Women YouTube channel, and author of Talk Southern to Me and Embrace Your Southern Sugar. So what did we learn today? Well, if you're a single guys guy out there, you probably picked up that if you're going to date a Southern woman, you better bring your A-game because not only do they expect it, but they're worth it and they deserve it. And what does the A-game mean? It means planning a date and calling her up and picking her up and holding the car door open and the door to the restaurant and helping her get seated and helping her order and just being an all-around gentleman and a guy's guy. And that's not too much to ask because, again, Southern women are worth it. So thank you, Julia Fowler. It's Guys Guys Radio. We're here on KCAA Radio in Southern California every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m., the show rebroadcasts on KCAA every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. The podcast on my YouTube drops Thursday. Uh, you can catch the YouTube at Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I, and it'll come up as Guys Guys TV. My website is robertmanny.com, and there you can download three free chapters of my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love been called the male successor to Sex in the City. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. You can also read my 350 blog posts, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And you can check me out all over social media and interact with me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much. Here we are towards the end of the year. I want to say a special shout out and thanks to my producers, Chris Marcello and Ryan Gilpatrick. I want to thank all my wonderful guests, including Julia Fowler, for joining me this year on Guys Guys Radio. I want to thank especially my listeners out there for all your support. We're growing and growing. I've got a great slate of guests lined up for 2021, and it's going to be a better year. It's going to take some time, but we're going to get through it together. So Guys Guys Radio, as I always like to say, Guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>